0: Hello everyone, this is Liz here from Seneca Learning and in this podcast we will be looking at a topic in A-level biology. Today I will be explaining the human immune system. We will discuss the different components of the immune system, what they are called, what they do and how they work together. We will look at different types of immunity and how the immune response can differ depending on whether the person has been infected by a disease or a pathogen before. And what happens if the immune system goes wrong and doesn't work properly? To start with, what is the immune system? It is a series of specialized cells that respond to foreign objects to protect an individual from harm. These foreign objects could be pathogens, which are organisms that cause disease such as microorganisms or fungi, or it could be cells from other organisms of the same species. For example, if you have an organ transplant your body can detect that the organ is not your own. The immune system can also detect toxins, which are harmful substances produced by pathogens, and abnormal body cells like cancerous cells. How does the body recognize these foreign objects? The answer is antibodies. Antibodies are molecules found on the surface membrane of all cells. Every cell has specific antigens, maybe they have different shapes or contain different combinations of elements. So an antigen can be thought of as a label saying what a cell is and where it is from. Immune cells can recognize antigens. Complementary receptors on the cell surface membrane of immune cells bind to antigens. Complementary means that the shape of the receptor and antigen fit together, a bit like a jigsaw. If an antigen is foreign and binds to an immune cell receptor An immune response will be triggered. When a foreign antigen is detected, a series of steps are initiated. This is the immune response. The steps are 1. Phagocytosis 2. Activation of T-cells 3. Activation of B-cells and 4. Production of antibodies Let's take a look at these steps in a bit more detail. In the first step of phagocytosis, pathogens are engulfed and ingested by phagocytes, which are specialised white blood cells. When a pathogen is engulfed, it is sealed inside a phagosome, which is a type of vacuole. This then fuses with a lysosome, another type of vacuole, which contains digestive enzymes that break down and destroy the pathogen. The antigens from the pathogen are then transported to the cell membrane of the phagocyte while they are presented. This initiates the next stage of the immune response by activating T lymphocyte cells which are another type of white blood cell by binding to the receptors on the membranes of T cells. There are two types of T cells, helper T cells and cytotoxic T cells. T helper cells activate B cells the cytotoxic T-cells and more phagocytes. Cytotoxic T-cells, like the name suggests, are a bit nastier and release toxins which bind to and kill invaders to the body and abnormal cells. The B-lymphocytes that T-helper cells activate are also white blood cells. Upon activation, B-cells divide into many identical cells called plasma cells The production of plasma cells is called clonal selection. B cells have special proteins called antibodies on their cell surface membranes. Each antibody is specific to an antigen that it can bind to. These antibodies are called monoclonal antibodies and bind to the antigen of pathogens that have been detected. By binding to antigens on pathogens, plasma cells can form clumps of pathogens this is called agglutination these clumps can then be easily digested by phagocytes in the process of phagocytosis as explained earlier so what exactly are antibodies antibodies are proteins called immunoglobulins produced by plasma cells a type of b cell antibodies produced by the immune system specifically called monoclonal antibodies. The structure of an antibody is important to its function. Every antibody has two variable regions, one constant region and are made from two heavy and two light polypeptide chains which are connected by disulfide bridge bonds. These parts come together to form a structure that looks like a Y shape. Let's look at these parts in more detail. Each antibody has two variable regions, which are different in different antibodies. These variable regions are parts of the antibody which bind to antigens. The shapes of the variable regions are specific to the antigen that it attaches to, so they fit together. We say that the shape of the variable region is complementary to the shape of the antigen it binds to. As every antibody has two variable regions, they can bind two antigens on two different pathogens, which is how antigens can be clumped together in agglutination. The constant region of an antibody is the same in every antibody, and it is attached to the variable regions by a protein called a hinge protein. Monoclonal antibodies have several uses in medicine, as well as being part of our own natural immune response. As antibodies are specific to antigens, They can be used in targeted medicines, for example to treat cancer. Cancer cells in the body have specific antigens that signal that the cell is abnormal. Scientists have developed monoclonal antibodies that bind to the antigens of cancer cells, which can then be destroyed by the immune system. Only the cancer cells will be targeted, which reduces damage to other cells making this method better than some other cancer treatments, which can be damaging to all cells. Antibodies are also used in medical diagnosis to show the presence of a specific antigen. The antibodies used are attached to a dye, fluorescent or radioactive marker, so if they bind to their complementary antigen, this marker is visible. This is used in pregnancy tests. If a woman is pregnant, a blue marker, for example, will appear. There are two types of immune response, the primary and secondary responses. The primary response is when an individual is infected by a pathogen for the first time. And the secondary response is when an individual is infected by a pathogen for the second time. So what is the difference between the two? The primary response is a lot slower, as foreign antigens must be detected, and the various white blood cells activated. It can actually take several days for the pathogen to be removed. During and after an infection, memory cells are produced by T and B cells. These memory cells remain in the blood after a person has recovered from an infection. This means that if a person is infected again by pathogens with the same antigens, the immune response to these antigens is a lot quicker. This brings me to the secondary immune response. This response is faster. Memory cells present in the blood can identify the foreign antigens and quickly produce the correct antibodies. The secondary immune response is also stronger than the primary one and more plasma cells are produced quicker. In the secondary immune response, the individual is unlikely to show any symptoms as the pathogen is removed by the immune system before it has any time to cause the person harm. We say that such an individual is immune. Immunity can be either active or passive. Active immunity is where the immune system creates its own antibodies. This can be natural, for example, when antibodies are made when a disease is caught, or artificial, when antibodies are made in response to vaccination with antigens. Vaccines contain the antigens of specific pathogens, so trigger an immune response when these foreign antigens are detected. Passive immunity is when an individual doesn't make their own antibodies, but receives them from an external source. This occurs naturally during breastfeeding, when antibodies in the mother's milk are transferred to the baby, or artificially when antibodies are injected into a person. So, in brief, In active immunity you make your own antibodies and in passive immunity you are given the antibodies from somewhere else. The immune system protects the body from harm, but if it does not function properly it can cause major health issues. When a person has an autoimmune disease, their immune system attacks the body's own cells when a pathogen isn't there, as it recognises the antigens on the body cells as threats rather than self. White blood cells that usually recognize body cells as self, i.e. from their own body, are destroyed and the immune system is not regulated. This means the immune system starts to attack its own body. One example of this is rheumatoid arthritis. In rheumatoid arthritis, the immune system attacks the linings of joints, which can be very painful and causes the joints to become inflamed. People can get a fever And also, it can cause restriction of movement as the joints don't work properly. Currently, there is no cure for autoimmune diseases. They can only be treated and managed. Thank you for listening to this podcast on the immune system. In summary, we have looked at what the immune system is. A series of specialised cells responding to foreign antigens detected in the body. This response involves phagocytosis of pathogens activation of T helper and cytotoxic T cells and the activation of B cells which produce plasma cells. Plasma cells have antibodies on their surface which bind to the antigens of pathogens to clump them together to be destroyed by phagocytes. Antibodies contain variable regions and a constant region and are used in targeted medicines and in medical diagnosis. There is a primary and a secondary immune response with the secondary immune response being faster and stronger. Finally, we discussed autoimmune diseases, in which the immune system attacks the cells of its own body. I hope you found this podcast useful, and if you have any feedback, then please let us know in the comments. And remember to join us next time for more learning through podcasts.